Hi, this is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Please hang a moon up and tune up the cellos for here come the dreamers. Tell all the fellows to varnish their trumpets, butter the crumpets and garnish the cellos. Let us get to it and do it upright. Welcome the dreamers with all of our Welcome to Dream Farm Radio. My name is Julie Lavender, and I'm sitting here in my family's lovely historic home overlooking the rolling New England fields of Dream Farm. I'm inviting you to drive down the country road of your imagination to join us right here in our barn with its soaring posts and beams and its panoramic view of the countryside. We'll unleash fresh jazz synergies as we explore the music and the dreams of our guest artists. So join us, because you never know. We just might touch a few of your dreams along the way. Felicidade é como a pluma que o vento vai levando pelo ar. E você não sonho assim. Escutando uma canção que nem sabemos de onde vem. Welcome to Dream Farm Radio. You just heard the incomparable voice and music of Milton Nascimento, who was um, a harbinger of a whole shaping of Brazilian music. And uh, we're going to explore and unpack that today with our resident Brazilian music scholar, <laughs> Bertram Lehman, who is an incredible percussionist, ethnomusicologist, friend, collaborator on a project or two, and also a uh, Berkeley College of Music professor. Welcome, Bertram Lehman. My pleasure, very much, as We're always. Actually, on location in Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Studio E. Studio E, with just surrounded by piles and piles of drums. And uh, as I'm ready to have my brain exploded because whenever you bring us information about a subject matter you are passionate about, it takes every single synapse in my brain to be able to, to, to follow you and to take, in, take it all in, and I absolutely love it. So you are a big fan, as am I, of Milton Nascimento, and we just heard some of his work. Frame that briefly for us, and then we're going to talk about his influences, as I mention that we are calling this show Bridges, because Milton bridged 
political, religious, regional, old world, new world uh, influences, sounds, and uh, he had a, a breadth, a bridge of collaborations and compositions, influences, and explorations. So yeah, that's huge. correct. Well, Milton's life uh, was very much a bridge himself. You know, he was um, born in Rio de Janeiro and then transplanted to a small town in Minas Gerais, which is a interior landlocked part of, of uh, Brazil, uh, a kind of like, like a plateau with a unique culture. Um, which we'll explain a little uh, later on, uh, w but with a very distinct kind of lifestyle, much more tranquil and laid back than the coastal areas and historically also experiencing very different uh, developments. Um, uh, one thing, these first two tracks, what they showcased actually was, uh, of course, like everybody at that time in Brazil being influenced by uh, Bossa Nova. When Milton was young, uh, they would listen to the radio and pick out songs by ear. So we heard a brief clip of him uh, reinterpreting harmonically too uh, A Felicidade, a very, a very famous song. Um, and you know, on top of these beautiful harmonies that Bossa Nova already had, Milton added his own mm -hmm. uh, uh, style. And the second one was from his first, uh, you could say, professional gig with a, a musician in Minas um, called Eu e Você, Mimi and You, which kind of shows him singing in his wonderful uh, at, at this point in his 20s, already developing falsetto voice, which people have described as, you know, the, the voice is close to God. At least Regina once said, if God had a, would be singing, he would try, try to sound like Milton. Mm. So we, we, we hear that coming up at that time. And Those at that samples point, we heard at the beginning. Yeah, these, these couple. And, you know, at that point he was playing bass. He worked as a DJ. He was very much uh, influenced by the entirety of music in the 50s, including North American jazz but also what went on in, 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 the, in, in Rio and in other parts of Brazil. Tell me quickly about his parents, because I think that's really interesting. Yeah, so he came, actually he came from a very, you could say, privileged, uh, um, uh, uh, he was basically taken, uh, adopted from his mother by a couple, a white couple in, uh, in, 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 in Rio, and then they moved, and they, he lived a middle-class life, very much you know, sheltered and being open uh, to all kinds of influence. And his parents were very much into music. His mom had studied with Villa-Lobos, Eto Villa-Lobos, uh, and his father worked as a DJ also in the radio, and that actually facilitated probably his him being around music all the time and taking in this entire scope and having access to, to recordings at the time. And Milton's is associated as being a singer-songwriter, guitarist, but he is so much more, and I, I think we wanted to dig into some of the cultural influences that would have gone into his head and into his psyche and his being yes. that influences music. So we're going to play a little medley of these things, and I'm wondering, while they are kind of going past if you would comment on each of these streams of music. Yeah, let me just basically say uh, two seconds something. So Minas, you know, being a very landlocked... This is where he lived. This is where Minas. he lived. He grew up in Minas Gerais. Um, Minas experienced an incredible, uh, basically like the Alaska gold rush, a boom uh, for gold minerals in the 18th century. It brought everybody there. Um, you know, uh, bandits. It was like the Wild West, literally in the, U in the U.S. and Alaska. But as a result of this incredible gold richness, which then was transported uh, across the country to the coast, um, to, to Rio, um, it, this, this area became very, 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 very rich uh, and uh, spawned sort of in the Baroque era, actually something called a Barroco Minero, which was more visual arts thing, but also very much in, uh, in the musical world. So. Um, there were, of course, there was slavery, and those slaves uh, did not work in plantations, but in mines. So we're going to hear a song, just an, an excerpt for, it's called uh, Song for Carrying Dead in the Hammock. And that kind of would remind us of sort of Central African singing techniques, including sort of falsetto and yodeling. Which we'll hear in Milton's voice as well. So if we could play that. 
Let's hear. So these are songs from Diamond Miners in the uh, village of Diamantina, recorded in 1944. This is some of the most African-sounding vocal music in Brazil. From the region of Minas. Minas. Way in the north. Obviously where Milton's was raised, correct? This is music from what is called the Congo institutions. The slaves uh, brought uh, their own sort of uh, court system, if you will, and were allowed to establish that and created their own music, and in this case, a distinct drumming style, which is uh, very uh, unique to Minas in the way this sounds. And if you listen to this Mujinha, how the guitar picks up the drum pattern almost. Mujinhas are songs from the early, uh, late 19th century and early 20th century that were popular all over Brazil. But this is a more folksy version. Was this an influence also of the um, Western music that yes, was coming Mujinhas in? Yes, actually had to do with uh, music in Portugal and Lisbon. They were very uh, uh, famous in Portugal itself. Not this particular one, more a European art song variety. Because there was a lot of 18th century musical yes, yes. influence. And here we would have that. And here we, we have an influence of the, this Baroque, it's an anonymous composer, um, but Baroque music was uh, heard all over uh, Minas Gerais in these many wonderful churches. Uh, organs were brought from places as far as Germany and installed in those churches. They can in the 18th century? Yes, they can still be heard. So this is all the melting pot of what would have yes. influenced Milton Nascimento in exactly. his composing. Exactly, and, and, and especially vocal music, uh, music, Christian music, liturgical music. And um, just to give the listener an idea that, that uh, this is not the sort of stereotypical musical environment. That you're that just going to hear bossa all the time. Yeah, or that, you know, samba, right. samba, samba, samba. Correct. Now, I think that's a good segue into the piece we're going to hear because you mentioned the influence, the Christian influence, that that was a big part of the region, the Malagre, that I'm not going to say the whole name of here. I'll let you say it. And the cinematic quality of Milton's work. Would you set up this piece for us, uh, Bertram? Yes, sure. So <clears throat> uh, jumping forward very much in, in time, um, in the mid-70s, all of these influences, which, by the way, uh, earned them the, the, the sort of d this description of the Minas sound that um, um, Milton and other musicians kind of created uh, as a result, um, a, a very lyrical and highly harmonically sophisticated sound that attracted the interest of people such as Wayne Shorter and uh, Pat Metheny later on. Mm. And, and in the mid-70s, um, a, a record came out which was called The Miracle of the Fishes, of the, of the fish, I should say. And this is a good, great example of his later stage of development where you have a very, you could say, multifaceted and multipartite sweet-like tunes that he creates that are very much like a, like a, like a cinematographic kind of storytelling, uh, not AABA songs or the blues. 
And um, he has, at this point, he has really invented some really unusual also harmonic language for Brazilian standards, like, for instance, moving tried or bass notes, stuff that was at the same time done in North American fusion, like Weather Report, for instance, did that kind of because uh, he was born in 1942, you said. Now this is now this yeah, is the this 1970s. Yeah, this is 1973. Um, so you can done. see from where he went when he was 16 that original piece that he reharmonized off Felicidade. Yeah. Right? And now you see him in the 1970s producing this, which is coming out of this melange of influences. Right. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, which uh, something he basically um, he takes the Christian ethic uh, um, of song is suggested in the fish. And, uh, and, uh, and this has basically uh, traditionally symbolized the baptism and Christ himself. This is the, the, the idea behind that. And it alludes to two miracles that are recounted in the Bible. Um, uh, and uh, here it's worthy to mention that Fernando Brandt becomes his songwriter. Very, uh, and they collaborate a lot in, in, in on many of these tunes, uh, Fernando writing the lyrics and Milton the music. He sees these songs as uh, really communicating uh, fraternal and humanitarian values um, that's his dominant Great. trope in much of his music. Uh, so it's not religious music in that sense, but it's it's there to definitely sort of, influenced by. Yes. So let's hear the Mina sound of Milton Nascimento in the 1970s. Say the name of the song. Milagre, so miracle of the fish. Milagre okay. dos pesci.
so this was a great segue. Uh, we could really hear Milton's angelic falsetto voice at its yes. fullest. Uh, incredible. This uh, and the dreamy cinematic quality. Yes, the quality of that. Oh my gosh! Actually, let me let me uh, just give a brief quote. Emu Deodato, great arranger, um, who arranged um, a, a famous movie, the uh, 2001. Uh, movie um, later on in his life he wrote once Milton is something totally new he's got nothing to do with bossa nova he has characteristics of classical music harmony and rhythmic processes I only find in classical scores neither in American music nor in jazz um, though he does follow jazzistic and sometimes bossa nova processes this is really really kind of what a great characterization of what we just listened to and this particular record Milagro Spacious from 1973 was actually very interesting because uh, the lyrics were all censored so this is actually one of the few songs where there were lyrics uh, and uh, but this vocalizing was actually part of we're going to talk about it later but yes, they were we censored were. because because we were in the era of the of the, um, the, the dictatorship of the military uh, regime that had taken over in, in 64 yeah and the artists found themselves more and more under pressure uh, at that point um, also in this particular track you can hear the influence of a group that he worked with Milton that is called Imaginary Sounds Som Imaginario and a percussionist by the name of Nana Vasconcelos these were his collaborators yes, on this piece ver- the very musicians. much so and they created and brought a lot of psychedelic rock influences yes. into the music mm-hmm. uh, Nana Vasconcelos you can hear here playing tabla Nana would be somebody who what's be- tabla? tabla is a, in, an Indian instrument uh, you know, Hindustani instrument a drum um, very much uh, uh, you know drawing on completely different influences um, so, you know, very interesting, the, the, the sort of unfolding sense of, of motion in his music, which we can hear. And more unfolding sense of motion. We're going to take a short break and be right back. This is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Welcome back, everyone. You are here with me on Dream Farm Radio, and my special guest, ethnomusicologist and Brazilian music wonk, (laughs) percussionist, Bertram Lehman. We're here um, on location at Berklee College of Music in Boston, and we are featuring the music of the incomparable singer-songwriter, composer, way more than I can ever say, Milton Nascimento. Our our, uh, show is called Bridges because he bridged so many different influences, cultural, religious, political, um, what else, goodness, 
the whole soup to nuts. Yes. And and you were we had just featured a, a, a piece from the 1970s, but I think we're going to kind of go back a bit. Yes, correct. And sort of take a walk through his development as a musician now. Yes. So um, I like to um, play the uh, a song called Old Mountain Moho Value. Um, this was actually recorded in 1968 after he had uh, the greatest f- first success with, with the song Travesia, which we'll hear a little later, yes. I, I think. Um, he was asked by U.S. producer uh, Craig, uh, Creed Taylor to re-record some of this material, and they did so at, uh, in New York City at Rudy Van studio, where Blue Note recordings were done. And uh, at age 26, Milton was the first uh, Brazilian composer to actually record in the United States of the post-Bossa generation. Um, and in this particular song, which he calls an ox cart toada, toadas are these sort of very simple uh, uh, strophic songs that are all over Brazil, but also in Minas uh, to be found. And it talks about the, the, um, the embedded patterns of folk life and social relations. In this case, about an old, proud man who um, discovered the world alongside the son of the owner of the plantation when he was a, a, a young himself. And then this, the son of this uh, plantation owner returns from his studies abroad, and that um, he, he's, you know, he's uh, wondering or scared if that intimate childhood relationship that they had is to be forgotten. Um, and this actually, this narrative that the song is about uh, was inspired by Lyri- uh, Milton. Spent a lot of time on farms called fazendas in in in, in Minas. So. He kind of worked this uh, actually into, based on an actual f- um, familiarity with a farm worker that he used to visit himself as a child into the song, and he kept the images of this relationship in his mind. Uh, this tune, by the way, fascinated Quincy, Quincy Jones, who actually recorded it uh, later on himself in 1987. And this music, particularly in 68, already called, caught the attention of Wayne Shorter, great saxophone player with, with Weather Report at the time, um, who would be recording music by Milton a little bit later on. Well, let's find out what fascinated Wayne Shorter and uh, Quincy Jones from this album called Courage by Milton Nascimento. Pela plantação adentro 
crescendo os dois meninos, sempre pequeninos. Peixe bonda no riacho, de água tão limpinha, dá pro fundo ver. Orgulhoso camarada, conta histórias pra moçada. Filho do Senhor, vai embora Tempo de estudos na cidade grande Parte, tem os olhos tristes Deixando o companheiro na estação distante just heard Moto Value from Courage 1968 and the next song will go to the following year 1969 and this one is called Tarde or Tarji which means afternoon. Um, this is from uh, the self-titled Milton Nascimento recording um, in 1969 and this is actually an example of what you could call a protest bossa nova. These were basically pieces that had a bossa nova aesthetic but now as I mentioned uh, earlier were influenced uh, by the current state of uh, affairs, so to speak, politically and, 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 and socially in Brazil after the coup. This is where the... Because the there was a dictator and yeah. there was censorship and upon yes, the, the artists. Yes, the military government, the generals, you know, he, um, um, there were certain decrees uh, limiting uh, um, free expression and such. There were student protests starting to form already in 67 as basically Milton's career started to take place. Um, there is a famous songwriter by the name of Edu Lobo, who another show actually would be very okay. much in order for. Um <laughs> Um, and and this, this, this piece is sort of in that style. It has string orchestration by Luis Esa, a great bossa nova uh, uh, piano player. This tune was also re-recorded by Wayne Shorter a few years later. And the lyrics uh, uh, go like this. Um, they, they say, I want to come out of the shadows, only felt lots of pain and saw with sadness, love die slowly, leaving. I want to come back, longing has no power, 
I don't want to see so many people wandering without knowing how to live. And this is fused, this protest sort of message is fused with what is essentially Jean Gilberto's guitar style, the, the, the guitar player who, so to speak, mm -hmm. invented the bossa nova playing paradigm. And this disc also completes the trilogy, a trilogy of Milton's first three releases of the 60s. Um, later on, he would then change his sound to be more popish, you could say, and mm -hmm. more, more produced. Well, let's hear his uh, sorry, protest bossa. Yeah, tar Targi. Targi. Okay, let's hear it. Demais, demais 
Bertram, we want to end this segment with a couple of pieces that we fused together that really are representative of, you said, the breakthrough of this Minas Brazilian sound really to the world that launched Milton and others forward. Can you set us up with what we're going to hear? Name them the, the two pieces and then kind of give us a feel. Yes. So we'll be listening to two pieces that come from what really puts uh, the, the so-called Minas sound, the music that is developed by Milton and other colleagues, at the time. Uh, to Puts the, it on the map. On the international map. Mm-hmm. In 1972, a record was released called the, the Club da Esquina, the, the Corner Club, basically reference to a the corner, a street corner in Belo Horizonte where certain people, you know, basically hang out, musicians. Mm-hmm. And it uh, friends of, 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 of uh, Milton, a songwriter called Lo Borges and a guitar player called Tonino Horta, many important people. Uh, and uh, one song is called uh, Nada Será Como Anchis, Nothing Will Be Like It Was. And the other one... Um, is called Cravo uh, Canela, uh, Cinnamon and Clove. And the first one is interesting. Uh, I'm just going to, again, read from the lyrics for a moment. It's basically, it says, uh, I'm already with one foot on the road. Whichever day we will see each other again, I know that tomorrow nothing will be as it was. What news do I bring from friends? What news do I bring from you? Are people in my heart tomorrow or the day after? Nothing will be like it was. And this is actually sort of a, a song that code in a coded way references again the oppression from the uh, during the dictatorship. Because they were that, under censorship. Yeah, that nothing will be like it was because the, the world in Brazil is really changing. Um, and uh, Cavo Canela is interesting on, on musical grounds, structurally speaking. It's uh, one of the few times, if not the first time, where you have a, a song that is basically a samba, but it's in 3-4. Uh, it's a very Samba would have normally been in, in two, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, one, two. This is sort of one of the first time that didn't happen in the bossa nova era, neither in the in the you know, old samba styles themselves. So, and plus, of course, you have the production values that are clearly pop uh, oriented, and um, so the sound of this music really starts to reference all kinds of different elements. And um, what is really interesting that basically. This, uh, this is a, an idiosyncratic amalgamated sound that they create, um, and that really gets associated with this particular uh, group of musicians and with Milton at the time. So this is the breakthrough sound that took the Minas-style Brazilian music to the world. Yes, it made it, made it a, a fixture in also for jazz musicians in All this right, country. All right, let's hear them.
We are exploring the breakthrough and bridge-oriented music of Milton Nascimento on Dream Farm Radio. We'll be right back. This is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamformradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Dream Farm Radio, and we are exploring the music of Milton Nascimento with ethnomusicologist and uh, professor who is an expert on Brazilian music history, Bertram Lehman. Thank you, my Bertram, for being, for being here. Well, you know way more than I could ever squeeze into my brain about this whole subject, and obviously you're very passionate about Milton. And we're kind of jumping out of your... Um, scholastic order of -hmm. his life back Mm -hmm. into something he did in the 60s because this is a piece that I think has really touched people around the world and it's Bridges is the name in English and I think it is apt to talk about again just a a big picture view of the bridges that this that he crossed and the 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 streams of music that he brought together Mm -hmm. in his Again, incomparable sound. Right, yeah. I mean, Travessia, as it's called in, in Portuguese, uh, was his first success, really. Um, it won second prize at a festival in 1967. It kind of launched his career. Um, it was submitted, actually, he didn't know it was submitted by a friend of his, another vocalist. And uh, Was a recording that was submitted? Yes, a recording which uh, he kind of had been made to make for something else. But and it, we're going to hear that particular yeah, version. Actually, no, no, actually, no, that's, that's his, re- that, we, we're going to hear his recording, okay. like a demo was submitted. Okay, all right. Um, 
but um, it became a big hit and um, it was actually, uh, he liked to have, he, this was recorded in this case with members of the Tamba Trio, one of the great bossa nova sort of backing bands, you could say, and a piano player, Luz Esa. And uh, it was the first time that his friend Fernando Brandt wrote lyrics for anything um, because Milton couldn't come up with lyrics actually. And this song actually has this wonderful blending of the Minero Tuada song quality together with still the aesthetic of the late um, uh, second sort of bo uh, bossa nova generation. It, it starts to build those bridges uh, and uh, kind of hints at this move into the popular music world that is about to happen then in the 70s and in some of the tunes we already have heard. And again, we're talking about a, a really unique region within Brazil, which because of its isolation from other regions, apparently preserved the qualities of the 18th century heritage right. from Europe as there's well a, as the neo-African yes. tribal. The interesting thing is you, you have uh, rhythmic elements that are clearly African, which you also find in other parts mm -hmm. of Brazilian music, such as samba, uh, but they are more mel uh, there's more of a um, melancholy uh, and ly lyrical introspective nature to them. So that's the unique thing about that sound, that, uh, that, that, that the outward sort of exuberance that you attribute to Brazilian music uh, is kind of there, but it's, it, but it's more muted in a, in a sort of pastel-like mm -hmm. uh, quality, actually, which is kind of what the countryside almost. The countryside has like red, kind of reddish earth, and it's actually like a kind of like a pastel uh, quality to the, the whole region, and it's very serene. And that, you can hear that, even though as the music is very energetically, rhythmically, you can always hear a certain serenity um, um, but with an African rhythmic undercurrent that is, is, that is totally... And I, I pick this piece kind of metaphorically because here he is, he's a composer, vocalist, um, collaborator with people from all over the world, and he is uh, bringing everything from pop music to tribal music to religious music to right. Baroque music, and he's got these references to this falsetto sound, yeah. and he's also dealing with the political climate where there's censorship, and he's right. finding a way to speak to that as well as now exposure to the world. So everything about Milton seems to be about bridges. Yeah, it's really connected it? to, to, the, to the world, both in, internally in Brazil, but also at a global level. So let's hear his version of Travessia Bridges and take that in. Quando você foi embora Fez-se noite em meu viver Forte eu sou, mas não tem jeito Hoje eu tenho que chorar Minha casa não é minha E nem é meu este lugar Estou só e não resisto Muito tenho pra falar Só voz nas estradas Já não quero parar Meu caminho é
Vou seguindo pela vida Me esquecendo de você Eu não quero mais a morte Tenho muito o que viver Vou querer amar de novo E se não der, não vou sofrer Já não sonho, hoje faço Com meu braço, meu viver Esquecendo de você Eu não quero mais a morte Tenho muito que viver Vou querer amar de novo E se não der, não vou sofrer Já não sou Hoje faço com meu braço say something about the guitar yeah this is piece? one of those songs actually very interesting uh, there's another song very famous Brazilian song called Water, uh, uh, Aquelas do Brasil by Ahi Bojoso where you have a, an intro pattern played on the guitar which when you hear that pattern you know exactly the song that's coming it's kind of rare in music to have introductions that are like we just heard in this last song yes. you know the song and an interesting thing about first of all you know uh, Milton used to write with the guitar just playing basically Uh, and letting his mind uh, wander. Uh, he introduced some interesting things, also playing technique-wise. There's some mm -hmm. a song called Maria Maria, where there's some odd meter and mixed meter kind of things. But he actually inaugurated a new form of playing guitar, which was using the guitar um, more harmonically and percussively, not just sort of strumming like in mm -hmm. pop and rock, um, but it, it becomes kind of almost arrhythmic in a comping sense, but still retains or actually enhances a percussive function. So it's, it's mm -hmm. not just these full chords, but more select kind of note mm -hmm. voicings, kind of austere, and that's what he does in this particular uh, tune. Yes, and I, I, as a guitarist, I'm always perking up my ears about how various artists are playing and influencing that. I wanted to end the show with a cover of the exact same song, Travesia, and, and it references the English version, Bridges, and this is by a very talented singer named Kevin Latow, and her version really touched me and made me more engaged in Milton's music. And of course, he's been covered by so many people. Yeah. And, And collaborated in, 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 with. In fact, this song also, uh, I looked it up, Tony Bennett covered it in 1975. Yeah. And the, the lyrics uh, that we're going to listen to were written by Gene Lee's. Um, the English. The English lyrics, yes, for Bridges, which was, and that's a, that's a practice, you know, that happened a lot with respect to Brazilian music that uh, 
uh, American uh, lyricists would write lyrics because it's pretty faithful to the to the Portuguese. Yeah, in in, in general, but, but you know, it's it's because of the word rhythm. Already, mm -hmm. Antonio Carlos Jobim had that issue more with certain songs than with others that you really couldn't retain the same kind of. Uh, you lost something in the translation. Well, you, you mm -hmm. couldn't even fit sort of words that would work with the music at all basically you Correct. know okay. uh, and and that's also sometimes expressions that are really only you know to understand but make sense from a portuguese perspective but that said um yeah these 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 pieces really um, what, what is interesting i think one should say because of this incredible bridging of genres that we just mentioned you know church music and the afro-brazilian styles and the beatles mm. uh, i think a nova, nova concion which is a you know the, the sort of emerging um song singer songwriter style of the 1970s all over latin america that milton very much identified with um indigenous music um this music has appealed to very ma very many different uh, types of musicians you know uh, and, and and actually started to do that right from the start uh, as Milton rose both within Brazil and, and, and abroad so um, that's kind of important and again this this sort of uh, openness of his songwriting uh, and this non-formulaicness of his musical conception is something that attracted especially as we're going to find out in our second show I've, I mm -hmm. believe more uh, jazz musicians I mentioned before people like Wayne Shorter who recorded uh, much of his music on their own with him sometimes singing actually or Pat Metheny uh, was yes. another person so this is really sort of something that in that sense no other Brazilian composer or performer achieved like this I mean you could say the bossa nova like Jean Gilberto and Jubim himself his but as a was, solo artist but as a contemporary yes. pop popish artist ultimately you know being part of the pop scene he attracted so many other yeah, musicians because in, in his music his you know music. you could say everybody uh, coming from whatever kind of background you came they could find themselves in it do you think yes and, and and you and work with it in Extract. one way or another yes well let's hear this beautiful cover bridges travesia done by kevin Littow.
Again, the incomparable musicianship of Milton Nascimento and the incredible bridges he crossed and created for other people attracted musicians such as Kevin Latow to cover that song, Travesia, in her version of Bridges. Um, can you list off several albums that are a must-own for anyone who's interested in Milton? Sure, yeah. Um, let me start actually with the one that probably is the most famous and mm -hmm. easily accessible, which is actually not under his name, but by, by Wayne Shorter called Native Dancer. That Native will be, Dancer. That'll be one that, that is, you know, uh, sort of, uh, uh, that's, that's a must-have. Then the Miracle of the Fishes, I would say, even though that's, that's a little more obscure, uh, is another one that I would uh, highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Travesia, uh, which is, this, I think has been issued under different sort of titles, but where the actual uh, track we just heard mm -hmm. earlier is on, that would be another one because that really highlights his bossa nova sort of uh, influence and his beautiful, gorgeous arrangement of strings. And then there are uh, later ones, uh, one particular which we'll hear at a later point in, in the second half of the uh, show is called Angelus. Um, that is uh, sort of, in many ways, there are songs from his early career re-recorded, mm -hmm. and I could recommend that highly. Excellent. Well, we will do another show, and we will experience more of Milton Nascimento's music. And again with me today, Bertram Lehman, musicologist, incredible percussionist and drummer from Berklee College of Music, world-known, known across the world, lover of Milton Nascimento, and a favorite guest of Dream Farm Radio. We will see you next time, Bertram. When you touch a dream, well, you know you've touched a dreamer when you truly listen to a tender song. For photos of the farm, show information, or to learn about becoming a sponsor, Visit dreamfarmradio.org, where you can sign up to receive free weekly episodes of our program. Dream Farm Radio is produced by Don Richardson at mlcrecording.com. Thanks for listening. Every dreamer needs someone who'll touch their dreams.